Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not kind of hard to miss. It's all over the place. There's need for work, for workers. Taking the temperature of our economy nowadays is kind of crazy with daily reports. But again, the reality is, is there's no cure that comes from those reports about unemployment, employment shortages. Even the city of Wabash, if you've noticed in the Facebook page, uh, posted a long list of jobs from the Wabash marketplace. Unoccupied positions absolutely affect market growth. The logistics of empty shelves that we experienced last year about this time has now turned a corner. We're used to that phrase, but we've turned a corner now with concern over lack of workers. However, growth is more than any measurement and administration of humanity. We're a little bit messed up right now. We've got to get things in order, let's say, of what's good and proper. But here's the thing. The reality of life is bigger than good stewardship. Before the crowds, Jesus described even God's reign and kingdom of the gospel in terms where the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. Jesus used parables to take a hidden reality and make it known. Parables had a particular point in mind, and they were not a long Bible study. This was the standard way he worked among the public. As our reading from Mark ended, if you heard it today, with the last part of that reading, he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. The disciples, you know already, were aware of the big story about the sower and the seed. That's not what you heard today. That parable is recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke, and it's all done to say that's a very important parable. That parable is all about generously spreading the seed over different types of soil, right? The life-giving word would have different outcomes of how people received it. You're just going to have to live with only a quarter of the land taking it in. That's just the way it was going to be. However, what we hear now today are two shorter parables. About the, but the first one, about the growing seed, is only in St. Mark. His account of the gospel moves very quickly. That When you read that whole gospel, it moves very quickly. But this parable given by Jesus for a moment, slows everything down with a few verses. Few have such times, though, for these things. The disciples would be his workers, but they're going to have to wait on the growth even with good soil. People don't have time for that because the kingdoms of men need to go on with their business except sprouting and growing with the kingdom of God is something we can wait on as a gift. The good seed of the gospel guarantees that it is to be great. Sowing of the seed is necessary. There's no other option with it. Life is in the seed. 
Even with advanced technology and field management, a mystery remains over the power of that seed and what it can do. We can utilize it, but God created it, didn't he? He created the seed out of his joy over life. He put this into his creation, and his word holds the promise from Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful and multiply. The seed is so important to God that the language, seed, applies to plant, animal, and yes, even human beings. Life being produced by the seed and sowing must happen. And so this applies to the spiritual as much as it does to the physical. Jesus in our parable was not addressing farmers in the short sermon about being patient with their work. They didn't need that. Experience in working with creation already taught the fact that it was going to be hard. More importantly, the Lord was keen in on the word of God, the gospel, as the life-giving seed. And so St. Paul, when you open up the book of Romans, chapter 1, you'll hear him talk about that trust in the power of the seed. He says in the opening chapter 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Life has a seed for sowing. So to the gospel alone, has, as given by the word, brings God's kingdom. Nothing else has the power to do it. The hardiness of Lutherans at the turn of the Reformation, after all Luther was done, after all the excitement and all the, the scariness of it all, they would write this toward the end of our Book of Concord, these words, confessing the seed. They said, Therefore we should be certain about and agree with the promise that God's word, preached and heard, is truly an office and work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is certainly effective and works in our hearts by them which is the speaking and hearing of the word. So the act of sowing is no secret, right? You can see it being done. I have a garden, I put seed in the ground. My wife saw me doing it. It's just what happens. If you have a seed, this is what you do. This will never change. And so Jesus opens his parable declaring, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed in the ground. Duh. Here in this parable, the soil is not in question. Sinful reason can run after different ways to plant, but the seed's design is for ground. This does not change, and it goes the same for the church. The word of God must be spoken to people by teaching and preaching. Opting to talk about our experiences or looking for strength and personalities is finally denying the source of Christianity. It is not in man, but from God. Jesus condemns imaginary sowing, right? He makes it pretty clear about bad seed. 
He told the Pharisees, you are an error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Oh, they planted things too, but it was no good. It would grow to be nothing. Before we get frustrated with the ground thinking sinners useless, check first to see if anything was planted to start with. Just sharing our interests or being friendly, that's important, but it has nothing to do with the seed. The Word is the only source that can bring forth a living faith in Christ. And so there's much regret and disappointment that can be avoided, in other words. When certainty belongs to the Lord's Word, plainly spoken and shared. No longer then are you looking at your strength and efforts. Finally, the power and the promise are truly in God's seed of salvation. And once the word is out, you got to let it go. This is the heart of Jesus' parable you heard today. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. This mystery of not knowing how is outside of some mere scientific explanation. People have tried to do that kind of stuff and use it, but it doesn't work. Certainly, we still must make a reasoned defense, right? Uh, rational thought, all these things work in the world for the gospel's sake. But the origin behind why the seed even sprouts and grows is a mystery. Like all of life, God continues it on by his good will. There is a guarantee. A natural miracle, you could say. A trust that seeds continue to do what seeds do. The kingdom of God comes with no equation, which gives the key to unlock sinful hearts and minds whenever we want. That's why it's so frustrating. You see... No social experiment lets us replicate salvation like a product for the church. Oh, you can adjust the looks of a church. You can play with the, the, the culture of things. But that is not making a person a Christian. That's just a social experiment. If this was all going to work those ways, you understand we end up relying more on a formula of man, Right? That would be more important than faithfully making a good confession of the one true faith. Instead, growth rests in God's will as he hides behind any growth that is good. So, pastors, parents, and all the people of God here have their blessing to wait on the word as it works. This seed has a mission, though, doesn't it? Like any seed you put in the ground, it has a point, a goal in mind. But not to mean our glories or our timelines. It's not going to work that way. Never has. It comes crafted by God's love for life having its own course of growth. I mean, parents have the hardest task because you're cultivating, caring for, looking for these things that God has put in your child. And you know as parents, they ain't going to go all the way you expect or planned. That's okay, God cares more. He made that child. He cares far more than even you. 
You see, you heard how it goes, this course. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Like the disciples, patience would be a repentant life. To trust how the kingdom laid out by Jesus never grows, never grows as any expects. The Lord using us as part of the sowing means this. You're not the Savior. There is only one good enough for any of us. But the burden and questions we put on the Father who gives the promise that His Son is doing the work, it alleviates your burden of why maybe your kids didn't, kids didn't say Christian. Well, all you can do is plant the seed, water it, care for it with the word as you can, but you can't make it any more than what God will do by his grace as he sees fit when he wants to bring forth that good fruit. But it's there. Thank the Lord he has devised a way by his seed, Christ, that guarantees growth. It's happening. The kingdom comes as we ask in the Lord's prayer. You know it. When hearing the gospel preached, when it says your sins are forgiven and your sins are forgiven. It isn't just a knowledge thing. It's a fact that has to be spoken. You see, you also see it present to strengthen faith for the weariness of this life by the sacrament. Alive in you as the baptized is also the spirit at work in your daily lives as a witness. You try to probe that, you try to figure it out, you're going to have guilt or pride. But you're going to miss that God is doing the work by his better grace as he sees fit. It all remains a mystery, which this world cannot duplicate, analyze, or indeed figure out the power of this seed. St. Paul said in our epistle reading this morning, For we walk by faith, not by sight. When these words were written by this apostle, few were Christians. They didn't have the comforts that we consider today. Those in Corinth were outnumbered greatly to the other false gods in the culture. And likewise today, what is good, what good is it? fretting over statistics and projections of man. Bodies are to be in church if you're going to keep your soul as a confessing Christian. You have to have prayer on the table at home, and the word in the home, or it's going to die regardless of having the church. It will be dead in your families. That's the power of the seed. And yet, determining God's seed at work still belongs to His Spirit. Since work cannot save or justify, as we say as Lutherans, the burdens of the law can easily crush. That's what we're feeling right now at this point in time in the world. The law can crush the joy that God sows alone by the gospel. Faith confesses an eternal kingdom is wherever and whenever Jesus' death and resurrection are steadfast. That means with good doctrine and life for sinners. This kingdom planted and growing in Christ is great. And here's the big questions today. 
Do we dare fathom the harvest? How do we know when it's ripe? You know the answers. You confess it in the creed. Only the Lord governs the day when the harvest will be complete. All the nations will be called and cut by the sickle of his judgment at the resurrection of the body. This time of joy of that harvesting will gather in and truly show what has been sown by the gospel is good. Not in the greatness of any single church or what any people or community or pastor had ever achieved. It will be the harvest that belongs to Jesus. You see? Do you think there's going to be complaining at that harvest? I don't think so. As the farmer holds a mystery and they worry, and I saw lots of worrying, especially in big farms with thousands of acres. At the end, God gave a great harvest many times. The field of faith in Jesus is God's gift graciously at work in this world. We wait over what was planted and continue to plant by proclaiming Christ. But in, the pro but in the promising hope that we have, it belongs to God's care. You see, the time and the will belong to God. Fortunately, this kingdom is not the power of the planner. That's our problem. It's not the power of the planner. The planter just puts it out. It's the promising word planted of forgiveness, life, and salvation you should trust more in. Growth has come out of the cross. It's a cross that is to shelter us in the risen Jesus. He is the promised seed by God to save a creation fallen into sin, sown by Satan. Nothing else is going to grow out of this country. It's going to be good. You know that, right? Out of the families of people, even out of churches. Without Jesus Christ and him crucified and what he delivers to sinners. The Old Testament shows God does care a great deal to what would spring up of a new creation. We don't make new things. We, we just readjust things in an old world. But God made something new. You heard it in the Old Testament reading. I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. That's Jesus and his glory of the cross. The seed's power, of course, came in the person of work of what Christ did as Lord and Savior without question. And so looking back over 2,000 years of church history lets us see how God has shaped and directed his church. And it's not such a beautiful line, is it? God didn't do it for looks to impress us. Because it isn't always that impressive church history. But at last, he did it for one big reason. To raise out of the soil of a dying world the glorious harvest promised by Jesus and his kingdom that has no end. That's the whole point. Wait on the sprouting and growth. Wait on it in your own personal life. If you have doubts about, well, am I really fully a Christian or fully indeed um, uh, as rich as I was because even this past year has shown me to be more of a coward than anything else. You see, the problem with all these things is, is the growth isn't even on any of us. It belongs to who? 
His grace is good. And the seed given to you, Jesus, guarantees the gospel is to be great in your life and for the life of the church. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.